and welcome to the 2020 Fever Podcast. I am your co-host, Fred Tippett. And I am your other co-host, Maya Reeder. So, now that we've already done one episode, we're going to dive straight into it. Um, I woke up this morning, and my voice was down about two octaves, and my vocal fry was turned up to like a thousand percent. So, obviously, this is the ideal time to record an audio medium. Naturally. I'd also like to point out that we are still, in fact, on the floor of the practice room, surrounded by drums, and it seems like more miscellaneous garbage, so we're doing well. Some of the miscellaneous garbage is from us. Anyways... News happened this week, as it is often want to do, but the most notable news, i.e. the news we're going to start with, is we now have one less contender for the presidency of the United States. Kind of a major one. Big disappointment for a lot of people. Your resident, friendly frat bro, Beto (laughs) O'Rourke. Tragic. Lover of being on tables and rolled up sleeves. He does like that. What was it? Oh, man. I saw a horrible... Uh, it was like Beto... <coughs> some horrible word describing... It's like Beto... It wasn't Beto fever. It was... It was just... Beto a, syndrome? No, I don't know what it was. It was an attempt to be hip by some major news outlet. Wow, what a what a wrap-up of Beto's campaign. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> an attempt to, to an be attempt hip. An attempt to be hip was Beto's campaign. But it, it was it was surprising that Beto dropped out, considering all the other people that are still in the race that were doing about as good as him and getting much less media attention who are still in it. I think the difference is, like, Beto knows... Beto started so high and has come down so That's low. true. That's true. That's the difference, is... The other people who are in like similar positions polling wise um, didn't necessarily start with all the support Beto has. It's a big, that's a big difference there because like when you're looking at Beto's campaign compared to theirs, Beto has lost steam, and which is just never a good look, especially for someone with as much money as he had. He raised something like six million on his first day after he announced his campaign. Like that's and then true. In the position he's in, it just looks pathetic. Beto's campaign was sort of odd from the very start. The fact that it even existed was wild. And, I mean, I, I, you, I understand how he got to the position where he was like, I'm going to run for president, because he got so much attention from his failed Senate campaign against Ted Cruz. But if you, if you take out that aspect of it and you look at, he was like a three-term congressman from El Paso, Texas, who decided to run for president, that's pretty wild. I mean, it's wild in a field that includes, admittedly, um, the mayor of a small Indiana town. But I think the difference between the two of them is Pete Buttigieg really tapped into something. Yeah, and also, I think you're underplaying mayor of a small Indiana town. South Bend isn't that small. It's not a major city like Chicago or New York, but it's still a sizable city. My point is that before he declared his presidential run, no one really knew who Pete Buttigieg was. Beto at least had gotten a year or so of media attention beforehand. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not, it's more normal for sort of couple term congressmen to try to run for president than someone from the mayor of a town, of a city, to jump to running for president. Yeah, it was interesting to see because Beto was kind of 
the media's political darling for a while. Because well, his campaign was for uh, Ted Cruz's seat was, it was spectacular. Like, it, it was, was vibrant. Vibrant. It was, and he, I mean, he still lost, but it was impressive how well he did. Right. Yes. Um, um, I have a question hmm. about Beto. So in the past few weeks or month or so since when he said in the debate, hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. Yeah. He sort of made gun control his issue. What's going to be interesting now is now that the mantle of the gun control control candidate is up for grabs again, who is going to jump for it? Because that's a big issue that you can sort of make your, your baby. Your, yeah. I don't know. Because I feel like a lot of people already kind of have a thing. Yeah. Um... Honestly, I don't know that anyone's going to take... Well, I should say. This is horrible. I don't know if anyone's going to take it up for now. Um, I think if someone Do you think it up, won't happen until there's another mass shooting? Yes, I do. Yeah. I don't think it'll happen until there's another mass shooting. When it happens, it'll become everyone's issue and for then a some, short amount of time. And then, and then someone then, will use it as a launching pad. Yes, I think someone will use it as a launch. Someone who, like... Someone in the sort someone, of middle back of the pack. Uh-huh, will take a strong stance and use that as a launching pad to get towards the top. Which, which is, is exactly what Beto tried to do. Exactly, but clearly he... And it didn't not work. No, it just didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it worked for a bit, but not... Not enough. Not well enough, mm-hmm. because... Some media attention is not always what you need to keep going. Sometimes it's just money. Well, and he the thing is, Beto had the money. It's just somehow he lost that status as the media's darling. Oh, that's what I was trying to say earlier, is that Pete grabbed yeah. it from him um, when he came into the race. Yeah, there's something about Pete Buttigieg. It's, that makes him more likable. Well, it's he's well spoken. He's new. He's he checks literally all the boxes. That's why, like, he was he was like, ooh. He's also younger than Beto. Got, well, yeah, he's younger. Well, there you go. He's young. He's gay. He's Christian. He's a veteran. He's <laughs> married. He what? I don't know. It's like if you took all the categories people need for someone to be president, except for experience, and poured them into a vat, mm-hmm. and you created Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, because like he has a lot of the traditional values seen in like Middle America, right? Um, those traditional Midwestern Indiana values, except without <laughs> like the bad parts. <laughs> well, well without all the bad parts. There are arguments to be made about many of his policies and the impacts that they've had, but right. at face value. But I, I, that's also part of the value of him being a mayor is that he doesn't have as much to answer for. Mm-hmm. He has the troubles in South Bend to answer for, and he's struggling to, but in terms of sort of taking a stand on national issues, he, he has less of a portfolio. People don't have, like, a voting record. Oh, but you... No. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing yeah. he could do. So... Mm-hmm. In conclusion, to wrap up Beto O'Rourke, <laughs> Pete Buttigieg, <laughs> which is... Well, which is accurate. Which is exactly what everyone is, else did. <laughs> exactly what happened. 
And and yeah, that's it. That's a pretty good summer actually. Yeah. I yeah, I had nothing more to say on Beto other no. than um whenever he would get up on tables, it reminded me of like so I have a bunch of friends who go to like state schools back home mm-hmm. and they're all in sororities mm-hmm. and they have a tendency to post stories of themselves on elevated surfaces yeah and every time he did that i just like wow the inner sorority girl in beto o'rourke is really living in this campaign <laughs> beto just wants to be just wants to be higher than everyone <laughs> <laughs> is that ego it, yeah um anyhow <laughs> what's next fred what's next um the qualification deadline for the next debate mm-hmm. is coming up, and there are two people who are at risk of not making it. And what are those qualifications for those who don't know? I don't have them exactly written down in front of me. How dare you? But there's polling thresholds for uh, early states or national polling, and I believe it's I believe it's about one percent, if I recall correctly. You have to be polling, and at at 1%? least one percent. At one percent in either early states or national polling, and you need two separate independent polls, either in the early states or national polling. Yeah, there are a fair amount of people who aren't going to make it. Yeah, but the two uh, people that I want to talk to about, because they sort of exist in very interesting worlds in this campaign, are former HUD secretary Julian Castro. Um, Do you have a correction? Note, yeah, because it is a correction, because I did think you were wrong. Yeah. Um, it is either two polls at 5%. 5%. Or four polls at 3%. Um, Three. In either the, early, either the early states or national polls. In uh, two polls at 5 in Is it just early states? states? And then four polls at 3 in anywhere. Cool. All right. So that's easy to understand. So, the two people that I want to talk talk about who are at risk of not making it are former HUD Secretary Julian Castro mm-hmm. and the Congresswoman from Hawaii, Tulsi Gabbard. Mm-hmm. Um, Julian Castro, as far as I know, has not met, hasn't has no polls, has no qualifying polls. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, if I recall correctly, has one. Uh. Maya's checking. Yep. Julian Castro has no qualified polls. Yeah. So Gabbard has one five percent three uh three That's what I thought. I so thought she, she was is, one away in both categories. Cost. So oh, man. that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Because in case you've been paying attention, Tulsi Gabbard dropped off the map for a hot minute. Yeah. But and she then made a comeback. came back with something of a force. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has she's she's always existed as a very interesting character in this race. Yeah, it's a very interesting. Like she's the other veteran. Yes, the counterpart to Pete Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. Counterpart in that she's another veteran. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I got that. <laughs> Yeah, Tulsi Gabbard's always an interesting character to me because, like, my introduction to Tulsi Gabbard was... The fact that you can't pronounce her name. I said Tulsi Gabbard. Is that not right? You said Gulsi Gabbard. Good job. Um, my introduction to Tulsi Gabbard um, is that she started putting... 
billboards, um, which is, I feel like, not a way you see a lot of candidates advertising anymore. Old-fashioned um, like advertising. Candidate. Yeah, <laughs> old-fashioned billboards in I live in rural Illinois. And so I saw, uh, I was driving into Iowa, and I saw in rural Illinois and rural Iowa, Tulsi Gabbard billboards. And not just, like, one, like, multiple, like, all along the highway. And... So she's investing in a very choice audience. A very choice audience. And it was just a bizarre choice to me. Because... I, I think what it is is she's trying to appeal to sort of middle-class, middle-America values. I definitely think so. Who really respect veterans, and she's a little bit... She's not on the sort of far left like some people in the, in the she's campaign. She's more mid... She's more middle of the road. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean... It's honestly a smart strategy. That's kind of like the people that are going to get behind her, if anyone is. Mm-hmm. No, it made sense. It was just... I don't <laughs> you, remember the last you time... You were just driving, then you saw, like, six billboards for Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. They, like, they were the ones, like, right next to the road. They were the ones, like, you see, like, way off in the field. That, like, are still legible, but they're, like, a good, like, 500 feet from the road. I'll like, be clear. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, I know you don't. That's fine. We have billboards in, like, rural Alabama. But they're like, oh, I, for fully state offices. Yeah, no, we have those too, but I've never seen one for a national office. But we also don't have like fields. We don't have like billboards and fields. It's just like in like a hedgerow, thanks to the road, when you're driving through deep mm-hmm. rural Alabama, mm-hmm. which is a, a scary place to drive. There are still some Roy Moore signs out there. I'm sure there are. <laughs> I'm sure there are. Um. Guys, keep an eye on Roy Moore. He might run again. No, don't. Please. Actually, no, do keep an eye on him. Absolutely just, keep an eye on Roy Moore. <laughs> um, okay, so. Yeah, Tulsi Gabbard. Running an interesting but seemingly well put together campaign. Yeah. Um, Who would have thought that she would have made it this far? Yeah. The other one was uh, Julian Castro, as portrayed by Lynn manuel Miranda on SNL. <laughs> Had a good... He, he had a good starting off. He just he did. He, he started out well in the first. People tend to re- receive his debate performances pretty well. Mm-hmm. He's well spoken. He's like very. He has a lot of really well articulated arguments. I think what's bitten them in the ass a couple times is he gets a little too combative. Yeah, I think that's well. I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily think so. I, I just I remember particularly after one debate when he tried to go after Joe Biden and like everyone was like, "No, what are you doing?" Like it, I can't remember exactly what the line of attack was. I feel like it was something. It just wasn't the right. It's just it wasn't. It wasn't enough of a thing. But he just he's strange because he's very vocal. And he puts himself out there a lot, but. His support has never really taken off. Taken off that much, and he it's in, it's makes sense that he goes after Joe Biden so much because they're sort. Of, I remember what the attack was now. Mm. It's when he said um, he's upholding the legacy of Joe Biden more uh, of Barack Obama more than Joe Biden is. That's what it was. I remember that. I mean, which I, is sort of, which is a line that he sort of hinted at a few times because he was Obama's hot secretary. I don't think he's necessarily wrong. I don't think I would think, like, Joe Biden... <laughs> it depends on how much you think the, the HUD secretary does versus the vice president. 
I mean more. <laughs> this person does nothing. Um, and but, especially like with the values. Like I feel like uh, Joe Biden's that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> We're not getting into Joe Biden right now. Joe we'll Biden. be here for four hours. Um, um but yeah, I think he he and Joe Biden exist very much at odds because they're both from the Obama administration, but they're very, very different. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden is old, period. period. And also <laughs> old Washington. Yeah, old Washington, old... He's, he's the past generation. Values, he's, old. He's making attempts to modernize himself. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Julian Castro is younger. He's a little more vibrant and active and... He's not been in Washington for as long as Joe Biden has because that's probably impossible. Yeah. I think Joe Biden was around when the country was formed. It's not impossible. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... I mean, a little a little disappointing to see him not Doing performing well. better. Yeah. Because um, I do think he has done a lot to get himself out there and he has done a lot, like... More than some of the other, well, and, and it would, I guess there are just so many people, it's easy. Well, I mean, it would be frustrating to see him not in the debate, because he's always been so active Yeah. in them. And oh, he, Tom Steyer, that's who I was forgetting. Tom Steyer. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> um, I was trying to think, I'm like, he's more, I was looking back at the thing, like, remember who he talked, he's, like, more active then. Um. Well, I think all Tom Steyer does is stand there and wear a plaid tie. He does do that. And, and pay his way into the debate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, Tom Steyer is a topic for a different day. I've already uh, written an entire column on Tom Steyer. Have you? Yeah. I wrote it about his tie. No, I, oh, yeah, I read that column. Damn it, I love that tie. <laughs> on a bold stance. Uh, a Tom Steyer stance. A bold stance on Tom Steyer. Um... Julian Castro. Yeah. Disappointing. And it's not looking like he's going to meet that threshold. He's it's not like he's on the edge. He has zero polls yeah. and I it's not looking good for him. And I feel like I mean, obviously not making a debate is not the end of the world because Tulsi Gabbard didn't make a debate and then she came back. But also for someone like Julian Castro who is I don't know, I feel like he he's not able to do what Tulsi Gabbard is doing in terms of appealing to a very sort of specific, mostly un, like easily undecided base. Well, and I think another one of the differences is that he doesn't. It's not like he he has like ha- he's halfway there or like he's part of the way there. He's, he's just none not. None of the polls. Tulsi Gabbard is one poll away in each category. Yeah, he has nothing. He has nothing. So he has nothing. It's. Eh. I mean, maybe if he was like polling at sort of 4% or so, mm-hmm. or, you know, like 2%, but I don't think yeah. he is. No, I mean, it'll it'll be a shame to see him go, but and also we are getting to the point where... But that is part of the problem with a field that's 17 people. Exactly, yeah. You're going to have to, you have to weed people down. Yeah, and, and getting those percentage points is just so hard. It is a popularity contest, so the people with name recognition, yeah. with old Washington connections... They're gonna, or a sort of cultural movement behind them. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that are gonna stick it out. Yep. 
which is why, which is why Joe Biden is here, which is why Bernie Sanders is here, which is why Elizabeth Warren, and which is why Pete Buttigieg is really just killing it. Trucking it out. That man is gonna get either a cabinet position or a bottom of the ticket name. I swear. He's tapped into something. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. The debate thresholds are getting just tougher and tougher to meet. But they have to. They have to. Right, they have to. But, like, it's... They're getting tougher because they should, but also they're getting tougher because not enough people are dropping out. Yeah. So picking up those those points... people. Picking up those points that you need to pick up, it's just not... It's just becoming less and less possible. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're in a position like Julian Castro where you need to pick up a couple points. Yeah, and they're just... It's too competitive for these points. Yeah. Yep. Which is sad. But then we'll be back down to an even 15 people if both of them drop out. That's all I have on Julian Castro and Tulsi Gabbard. That's all I have on them, too. Do you have anything you want to talk to talk about, Maya, before you get to your little game? Not really, no. I just have a little game for you. <laughs> Wonderful. My goal is to make you look a fool. Well, I tend to do that on my own. Um, well, that is true. Um, anyhow... So, I have, I do not have a limerick for to you. That's very sad. It is upsetting, but also I didn't have time to write one, and I have two different things. What will the poet at heart in you say? I have for you, um, one really just trivia question to see how much you know. Oh, I don't know anything. And another two truths and a lie. I think you do know this. Everyone listening to this is a fool for believing that I know things. So, there are elections this week. I was thrown into a state of panic when I walked in. Uh, and a bunch of the freshmen, the new voters, were very excited. So they're like, oh, my uh, absentee ballot came in, like all of this. And I said, oh, no, I didn't apply for an absentee ballot. I'm not going to vote. But there's I'm not a one in Illinois. citizen. But there's not one in Illinois. I didn't vote in um, my mayor election. You're the worst. Okay, but it was a runoff. You're the worst. It was a runoff. You're and I worst. knew who was going to win. I voted worst. in the primary. You know if everyone knows who's going to win? I voted in the primary. Anyhow, so, there are five states holding odd-year elections. I know one of them. I was going to ask you all of them, but it seems like you only know one. So to make this more interesting, I'll list, I'll list seven. Tell me which one isn't. Oh, my God. Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Connecticut, New Jersey, and Virginia. Okay. What's that seven? Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Connecticut, Virginia. New Jersey, and Virginia. Nope, that was six. So. Okay. Um, so, here's the thing. The only one that I know for certain is Kentucky. Okay. Because I'm working on a bit, uh, like a little reader for it, for Politicat tonight. So mm-hmm. I know that their elections are today, okay. in fact. Um, I, uh, those are all very different states, which, like, I didn't... Do you want me to narrow it down to three for you? No. Well, wait, yeah, why wouldn't I want that? Okay. Yeah. That seems foolish. Okay, so your choices are Louisiana, Connecticut, and New Jersey. Which one isn't having an election? I just Um, So, Louisiana, Connecticut, and New Jersey. That's what I said. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, I know that Louisiana recently had an election for governor. Okay. So I feel like it's not them. Or maybe it is. Wait, I'm a fool. I think it is Louisiana. Okay. 
Are you talking about have they had them yet, or are they going to have They're them? They're having them in this year. Okay. Could they have had them, like, in the past? This is they have elections, like, today or tomorrow. Okay. I think it's Connecticut. And I have no reasoning other than I feel like I saw someone's absentee ballot come in from New Jersey. And I think that there was something going on in Louisiana that I learned about at my internship over the summer. I'm using deep insider political knowledge to guess that it's the wonderful state of Kentucky. I mean, Connecticut. You're correct. It is Connecticut. Connecticut does not have... I killed it. Their elections. Guys, sometimes reading other people's mail pays off. And sometimes the federal crime. <laughs> um, I would argue that it is always a federal crime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and well, you know who else would argue that? The federal government. <laughs> yes. Um, our other what challenge are, for you today Your two truths and a lie. It was recently Halloween. Yes, it was. And uh, Halloween lasted an entire week. The 2020 candidates took part in these festivities. Okay, I have a quick sidebar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about, it's sort of about the 2020 candidates, but it's not. Gavin Newsom, who is the governor of California, okay. on Halloween, dressed himself, his wife, and his children up as various uh, 2020 presidential candidates. And he put a, twi- a video of it on his Twitter. I'll link it somewhere in the article portion of this. You have to watch it. It's adorable. But for now, I have two truths and a lie for you. Yay. So... Our first story is that on the night of Halloween, one of Kamala Harris's staffers dressed up in a stunning likeness to Cory Booker. Was it just Cory Booker? Was he doing like an <laughs> un- was he doing an undercover a boss? <laughs> no, so one of Kamala Harris okay. staffers dressed up in a stunning likeness of Cory Booker. That would not surprise me. My second one. That sounds like topical political comedy in a presidential campaign. My second one, Hillary Clinton. Oh Lord! Got in the spirit of Halloween. Oh no! By going on one of the nightly talk shows and telling, retelling her story of the 2016 elections. Oh no! But as a spooky ghost story oh. with dramatic flashlight lighting. Hillary, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> My final story is that Julian Castro and his family. Ooh! Topic of the podcast. Dressed up as trees. In sport of his recent ten trillion dollar plan to fight climate change. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> they dress up like trees. It's truly beautiful. Do you mean do you mean <laughs> Do you mean they dressed up like trees? Do they look like <laughs> the trees from like the Wizard of Oz? <laughs> <laughs> or does it look like that one poor kid in like high school theater who <laughs> can't get any other part? So he has to drop us up as a tree, and they just put like a PVC pipe around him <laughs> and paint it brown. It's it's not that one. It's more they're more like leafy. Okay, so, so those are your three stories. I, I, I know. Harris Stafford, I know that that one is true because he said I'll show you the photos. And I don't think mine's put. I could be a liar. You don't know. I don't think mine's put in enough effort into Photoshop photographs of Julia Castro. I could be a liar. I don't know. I saw too much joy on your face. <laughs> um, I, 
I see the thing is the Cory Booker Kamala Harris campaign staffer thing sounds really funny and also like really solid like that's a definite possibility but mm-hmm. also there's no telling what Hillary Clinton will do she tells the story of the 2016 election all the time so oh Hillary um I am going to say that for once Hillary Clinton exercised some control and did not retell the story of the 2016 election as a spooky ghost story. You would be wrong. No! (laughs) Hillary Clinton um, got Uh. on The Daily Show and told the story of her 2016 loss in the style of a spooky ghost story, dramatic flashlight lighting and all. Um, Oh, no. Pulled out some spooky voices to describe the Electoral College. It was a time and a half. So are you implying um, that in, so the thing is, are you implying that in one bit for the Daily Show, Hillary Clinton showed more charisma and human connection <laughs> than she did in her entire presidential run? That is potentially correct. <laughs> so the thing is, I am a liar. No. There is unfortunately no picture of Julian Castro and his family dressed up as trees. That's devastating. It really is. Julian um, Castro. They do have a really cute family photo of them in miscellaneous Halloween. I costumes, don't care. I don't care. It's not it's not trees. I don't care. Um, I, so, That's yeah. crazy. There is your um, okay. two truths and a lie. I will be sure to link to everything, all the visual things, Gavin Newsom, Kamala Harris, and Hillary Clinton. Oh. Lord help her. Lord help her. <laughs> all right. Well, that is all the time we have for today. That is all the time. That was wonderful. It truly was. We'll see you back here next week. We will. Goodbye.